Praise the Lord. God is good. And all the time. God is good. You may be seated. Thank you. Praise the Lord. Let the hallelujahs roll as we come to the close of this, near close of this calendar year. There are many things that we can think about that have happened. And the enemy would have us to think about all the things that were dreadful. But in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we are here. We have victory. And God is good all the time. And all the time, God is good. All praise is a wonderful name. I would like to tell you that we're going to have a perhaps a different format for the service today. Following my welcome and, and introductions here, uh, the worship team is going to bless us, and we're going to join in that blessing. There is also a special thing that they're going to do, and following that, our associate pastor, Brother Harold Carr, is going to be presenting the sermon. I look forward to this day. It is going to be a blessing day as we receive from the Lord that which He would have us to have. Blessed be His holy name. I would like to give an expression to uh, thanks to from my wife and myself for all the uh, cards and gifts that you have remembered us in this Christmas season, and we thank the Lord for that. And we thank the Lord for you and your remembrances of us as well. I want to extend to you something from my heart. We are going to have a service Wednesday night. We're calling it a New Year's Eve service. And I would like for everyone to be involved in this in this fashion. I would like for you to come with a testimony, thanking the Lord. If you want to thank the Lord for some of the difficulties you've had, praise the Lord. Go ahead and do that. But I would also like to ask you to come, including your testimony Wednesday night, what you expect from God and the Lord Jesus Christ in our life and our church in 2022. You got that? Just remember that. But thanking the Lord for 21, but thanking the Lord for what He is going to do in our lives, our families, uh, our church in 2022. All right. Now that's Wednesday night's format. So uh, don't don't forget that. Uh, keep that on your well tie a ring around one of your ears and dangle bracelet down that says Wednesday night Thanksgiving challenge whatever let's just remember it okay it'll be our New Year's Eve service I want to also say that as we enter this year this old year goes the new year comes we've got a world of sadness out there of people that are hurting from the various illnesses that have occurred and other ways they are affected as well. We got a year that really needs God's people to stand in the gap and be prayer warriors to meet the challenge that is there. 
let us be people that will meet the challenge. I'm going to ask you to stand with me at this moment. We're going to go to the Lord in prayer. And I know many of you already have requests. And what we're going to do is just ask you to raise your hand because of the nature of these requests. The Lord knows what is on your heart. He understands. Let us as a church together pray this morning. Father, in the name of Jesus, we come to you today thanking you, Lord, for all that you've done and all that you're going to do. I thank you, Lord, that you are with us in a special way today. Lord, you're here with us, and Lord, you're with the people that are not able to be here. Lord, we honor your presence, and Lord, we thank you for being with each and every one that is wherever they might be, that, Lord, you will be with them in a special way. Oh, God, we need you for our people. We need you for all those that are suffering in body. We need you, Lord, for those that are not living for you, that do not have the joy of Jesus in their heart and life. Lord, bless them and help them, oh God, today to be able to find the rest and assurance and the peace that comes from having you in their lives. Touch each one that is here. Touch each one that is listening and watching on the online ministries. Oh God, today, this is your day. This is your time. This is your place. And Lord, have your way in all that we do. Father, in the name of Jesus, we ask of you. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Oh, praise the Lord one more time before you sit down, would you? Praise the Lord. Let's do it again. Praise the Lord. Amen. You may be seated. I see ushers to come at this time as we wait upon the congregation for our offering designated for the church expense today. If you have uh, your tithes, your other gifts that you might have brought with you to give to the church treasury, please indicate what they are as we worship the Lord and give unto him. Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you for the privilege of giving. Bless that which is given unto, and in the name of Jesus, we will forever praise you. Amen and amen.
sure Sister Bev would know it, <laughs> but guess what? She didn't. Carol did, though. <laughs> it is an old Lanny Wolf song. I found this video with this song, and I asked the worship team to help me. And as we come to the chorus to the song, and we begin to sing it together, the words won't be on the screen, but they're easy. I just want you to worship the Lord this morning. As we sing this song, cherish that name. And it seems like the last few services that we sang had, we sang a lot about what his name is. And what his name means to you. All the different names that he was given. But his father in heaven gave him one name. Gave him one name. Can you tell me what that was? Jesus. Jesus. And when the messenger came to Mary, he said, you shall call his name Jesus. I just want you to worship the Lord. <laughs> no, we didn't get to practice much, but that's okay. That's okay. God, God's spirit is here today. My family is watching today. My sister who we used to sing together in my brothers. She has regressed to the past a lot right now. She remembers us as younger, but she still remembers me. So as we go into this, I just want you to worship the Lord. Okay. Jehovah God sent a messenger to visit a young Jewish girl that had found favor in his sight. God had chosen this pure young lady to be the mother of his son. The angel was very careful to convey to her the name his heavenly father had chosen for him. An angel from long ago bent down to earth below and to Mary whispered low call his name Jesus fear not the words I say God is you today you shall bring forth a son and call his name Jesus cherish that beauty 
faithful name cherish that wonderful name cherish that matchless name that name is
Oh, good morning. Is this a Christmas post? How did I, I don't know what they say. Christmas Eve. We have Christmas Eve Eve. I don't know if they have anything for the day after Christmas, but we'll call it Christmas post, I guess. Um, well, welcome. Welcome to service this morning. It's good to see everybody. Have things a little bit different. Obviously, you get to hear me instead of pastor, so there's a Christmas present, right? Didn't, <laughs> didn't know you'd get one on Christmas post, but there you go. You got one. So this morning, God likes to do things his own way, right? I had a sermon I thought was kind of ready, ready to go, just going to read through it this morning and be ready to roll, and God said, nope, we're changing the whole thing. So we were running late. A lot of that was my fault this morning. <laughs> I was working fast. Um, so God rewrote this, and uh, I guess maybe another present for you is it's pretty short for my standards. <laughs> it's pretty short, so... Uh, yeah, yeah, God took and shortened it right up. So maybe he knew you needed a good Christmas post-dinner. But uh, but uh, that's actually going to fall right in line with what we have here. So the title of this is Give God Your Best, Not Your Leftovers. So we're going to be talking a little bit about leftovers in a minute. But uh, first we're going to start off with the Christmas story, which is very familiar to most everyone. Right out of Luke, second chapter, we're going to read it. More from a commentary, I guess, from the Message Bible. A lot of people consider that a commentary. Maybe you haven't read the story out of there. Um, probably pretty familiar with it from other versions, King James. But we're going to read it straight through right out of the Message Bible. And then we'll uh, go into what God has for us here. But So starting off, uh, Luke 2, 1 through 20. About that time, Caesar Augustus ordered a census to be taken throughout the empire. This was the first census when Quirinius was governor of Syria. Everyone had to travel to his own ancestral hometown to be accounted for. So Joseph went from the Galilean town of Nazareth up to Bethlehem in Judah, David's town. For the census, as a descendant of David, he had to go there. He went with Mary, his fiancée, who was pregnant. While they were there, the time came for her to give birth. She gave birth to a son, her firstborn. She wrapped him in a blanket, laid him in a manger, because there was no room in the hostel. There were shepherds camping in the neighborhood. They had set night watches over their sheep. Suddenly, God's angel stood among them, and God's glory blazed around them. They were terrified. The angel said, don't be afraid. I'm here to announce a great and joyful event. That is meant for everybody, worldwide. A Savior has just been born in David's town. A Savior who is Messiah and Master. This is what you're to look for. A baby wrapped in a blanket and lying in a manger. At once the angel was joined by a huge angelic choir singing God's praises. Glory to God in the heavenly heights. Peace to all men and women on earth who please him. And the angel choir withdrew into heaven, and the shepherds talked it over. Let's get over to Bethlehem as fast as we can and see for ourselves what God has revealed to us. They left running and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in the manger. Seeing was believing, 
They told everyone they met what the angels had said about this child. All who heard the shepherds were impressed. Mary kept all these things to herself, holding them dear, deep within herself. The shepherds returned and let loose, glorifying and praising God for everything that they had they had heard and seen. It turned out exactly the way that they had been told. So there's the Christmas story from the message. A little bit different, right? Some different words that we're probably not used to. Um, in the in the Christmas story, you know, a lot of times we see the play and we've got the wise men and the shepherds and everybody there. And some of that's not exactly accurate. And it took them some time to get there. Uh, as I understand it, it took the shepherds maybe close to a week. They were about 90 miles away. And the wise men were like 400 miles away. So it took them a little bit longer. A lot of people say it was closer to a month probably before they got there. But the, shepherds, the shepherds got to see baby Jesus there. Um, um, where he was at, so probably actually kind of wrapped in swaddling clothes there in the uh, out, and I guess the barn we might call it. But uh, so they made it there at that time. But as we read through the Christmas story, no matter what version it is, there's there's a message in it um, that was presented quite heavily and multiple times, and that was that God was sending a king. It wasn't just sending the baby boy; He was sending a king. The angels and the prophets who spoke about the coming of Jesus said a variety of things about him. But possibly their strongest message was that he was going to reign on David's throne. He was going to reign over his kingdom. This child was clearly a king. And Isaiah added that it would be from a time on and forever. That's in Isaiah 9 and 7. So he was not going to be an ordinary king. Um, the angel Gabriel said to Mary, And the Lord God will give to him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom there will be no end. So Gabriel's words were a lot like Isaiah's words. They were driving home the message that it was going to be a king. He was going to reign uh, over everything and reign forever. It's kind of like a key message from God. God's son was coming to the world. And of course, as the Son of God, he was the rightful king. So how are we going to tie this into um, giving God our best and not our leftovers? Well, leftovers are not first, generally, right? You have a first, the first meal, if you want to think about leftovers, and then the leftovers come later. So Matthew 6:33 says, "But seek ye first, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all things shall be added to you." That's the New King James version. So simply put, God wants to be first in all of our lives. He does not want to be an afterthought. God desires and he deserves our best. In other words, not our leftovers. Too often we give God our leftover time our leftover attention, our leftover energy, our leftover finances. But he should be our first resource, not our last resort. Too many people treat God maybe kind of like we treat paramedics. They only call if they have that emergency. Perhaps if we called on him regularly, we'd have fewer emergencies. You know anyone who's maybe busy with work, busy with recreation, busy with family, God is just kind of an afterthought. God is that leftover. 
that leftover that we don't get too excited about when we talk about leftovers. A lot of people don't even like leftovers. Some people won't even have leftovers. Some people just get rid of it. They don't get all excited about that leftover meal. Um, after having spent a couple days with family this week, you know, kind of that last meal is kind of leftovers. The leftovers just come out. Okay, what hasn't been eaten? Just throw that out there on the counter. We'll see what we can get rid of. We're all like human garbage disposals, right? We're just Let's get rid of that. Instead of throwing it out, we'll eat it. But it's just kind of that afterthought. So the New English uh, translation of Matthew 6.33 says, But above all, pursue his kingdom. So a question for us is, what are we pursuing? The word pursue means to follow after, in order to overtake, to chase, to strive to gain, or to seek to attain. There's lots of TV shows out there that people uh, are featured pursuing all kinds of different things. Depends on what you're watching, right? There's um, people out there uh, pursuing storms. You've got the storm chasers, people who pursue UFOs. They pursue antiques. They pursue the sunken treasures. They pursue true love. Some even pursue like a Bigfoot. They pursue other uh, things. You see people pursuing their dreams in music, real estate, sports. They're trying to find fortune and fame. Whatever you are chasing today, be sure that above all else, that you are chasing after God. Psalm 6, or 63 and 1, New King James, puts it this way. O God, you are my God. Early I will seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh longs for you in a dry and thirsty land where there is no water. And in verse uh, 8, it's kind of the clincher. It says, my soul followeth hard after thee. So my soul pursues you is the way that the New English translation puts. All the vain and valid pursuits in life, we have to be pursuing God above all of them. Above anything else in our lives, we should be pursuing God. We should become... Maybe something called God chasers, right? We're chasing after God. We're putting God first. It's all about setting proper priorities so we don't get our lives out of balance spiritually. When we prepare that big meal, what do we have to do? We have to, we have to plan it first. We've got to make sure we got everything, right? How many times have you started preparing and then you've got to go to the store? You didn't have everything. You had to go, had to go and get it. It's got to be prepared out. There's certain steps that we've got to do in order. We've got to give detail and attention to what we're doing, how we're doing it, the whens and whys of why we're doing that. And then we have to get everything just right. But then, when that same food that we worked so hard to make so good, when it becomes leftovers, it just gets pushed to the back of the fridge. Right? So maybe we had that food and it was great, it was awesome, and then it gets pushed right to the back. We're kind of done with it. It's kind of an afterthought. We can't do that with God. We've got to pursue him. We've got to make him our first thought, right? And then not push him to the back. We've got to keep him up at the front. He's always that good meal each and every day for us. Luke 10 tells the story of two sisters who served Jesus' supper. I heard them called uh, this one time. It was scattered brain Martha and single-minded Mary. Martha was OCD, what we'd call her today, about all the details involved in being that perfect hostess, right? She wanted everything just right. She was cleaning in the house and getting everything set up. But meanwhile, 
Mary selected to just go and sit at the feet of Jesus and listen to his words. Frustrated, Martha even had the audacity to interrupt Jesus and complain that Mary wasn't helping her like a good sister should. Jesus responded with this. He said, Martha, Martha, you are worried and troubled about many things, but one thing is needed, and Mary has chosen that good part, which will not be taken away from her. In other words, Mary is putting me first, and she's going to be rewarded for it. She was seeking him first. God expressed his desire to be the first uh, clear back in the Old Testament times. In uh, Exodus 20 and 3, it says, You shall have no other gods before me. All right? Nothing should be before God. Notice in the Old Testament the positioning of the Ark of the Covenant. Kind of the golden icon of God's presence and favor back in that time in ancient Israel. The Ark was carried on the priest's shoulders. It went out in front of the camp of Israel when they traveled or even when the the, uh, wars waged. Uh, In Numbers 10 and 33 through 36, it says that so they set out from the mountain of the Lord and traveled for three days. The Ark of the Covenant of the Lord went before them during those three days to find them a place to rest. The cloud of the Lord was over them by day and when they set out from the camp. Whenever the ark set out, Moses said, Rise up, Lord. May your enemies be scattered. May your foes flee before you. Whenever it came to rest, he said, Return, Lord, to the countless thousands of Israel. God intervened by rolling back the Jordan River during those times. He toppled the walls of Jericho. He was defeating their enemies, along with all kinds of other what we might call supernatural feats. He only asked that they put him first and hold him up high for the, wor- for the whole entire world to see his glory. Not like leftovers being pushed to the back. He wanted to be out in front, first and foremost. If they, do, if they did that, God would take care of them. God would lead them. God would do supernatural things. The location of Moses' tabernacle was also symbolic. It was placed in the center of the Israeli camp. The 12 tribes uh, camped around the tabernacle. There were three uh, tribes on each side. It was similar to uh, what they called the, I hope I say it right, the Bedouin sheiks who uh, would thrust their spears in the ground and they would camp and it would be set up around that chief with his tent right in the middle. God was symbolically saying, I want to be the centerpiece of your life. Every part of your life should revolve around who? Should revolve around God. As long as Israel put Jehovah first and kept him front and center, they were invincible. God fought their battles for him. No enemy could stand before them. No weapon formed against them could prosper. As long as they did one thing. As long as they kept God first. As long as they treated God, not like a leftover, but like the main dish. Then there was the law of the first fruits. Honor the Lord with your possessions and with the first fruits of all your increase, so your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will overflow with new wine. God set up the tithing system so his people would give back to him the first 10% of their crops, their flocks, their incomes. And in return, he promised to prosper them. There was a church sign. Uh, out by one of the churches one time, it said, Give God what is right, 
what not what is left. Right? The leftovers. Don't give him the leftovers. A desperate, destitute widow gathered sticks to build a fire. She only had a handful of meal left in her barrel and a tiny bit of oil. She planned to make a little cake for herself and her son, eat their last meal together, and then, due to drought, they were going to starve to death. Providentially, though, the prophet Elijah came by her house. Then he asked for something that on the surface really kind of seemed rather selfish. Do not fear. Go and do as you have said, but make me a small cake from it first and bring it to me. And afterward, make your make uh, some for yourself and for your son. For thus says the Lord of God of Israel. So kind of selfish. Knowing the situation might sound that way, right? He knows that there's not a lot there, but go and make me the cake first. The bin of flour shall not be used up, nor shall the jar of oil run dry until the day of the Lord sends rain on the earth. But because she put God first, he gave her a supernatural supply of what she needed. He actually turned what was a shortage into a surplus. She had more than, than uh, what she could even use. Friends, are you pursuing after God? Is he first in your life? Does your life revolve around his will? His will. Every other love and pursuit must be secondary to him. He is either Lord of all or not Lord at all. Let's make sure to give God our best, not our leftovers. You know, we look around today, I guess last week we probably even had a, some, a few less people. We've got a number of people about who are out sick, got some traveling. But uh, ever since... COVID back, I guess we're at two years now, right? Uh, churches have have declined. And I uh, I think, was God just leftovers to a lot of those people? Was he not first and foremost in their lives? Those who have fallen away, pulled off, got other things to do. See, when you stop having church, stop meeting together, it don't take long before people kind of fall off if they don't have that personal relationship that's strong with him. It doesn't take much. And if we don't get God first uh, in our lives and not, not uh, I guess, treating him as being first, well, then he just gets shoved to the side and then maybe slid back a little bit and then eventually ends up in the back of that fridge, that, that uh, turkey that you didn't even know was back there, and you find it a month later and you just throw it out. Is that, uh, is that what happened to these people? I know that's kind of real, but that's how we do it in the youth. Uh, we always say this, this might hurt, but we're just going to be real. Uh, something's happened, right? Something's happened to those people. We don't want to be like that. Um, if God's not first and foremost in our lives, it can happen to you. It can happen to me. We can fall away and we can do it quick. So we want to make sure that God's not left those leftovers. Whatever that wonderful dish is that you love so much, that's what you want God to be like. Um, for the kids, it might be pizza, right? Or chicken nuggets. There's a lot of chicken nuggets that are eaten in our house. I don't know. Chicken nuggets were never... Anything that great to, or to get all crazy about back when I was a kid. But kids today eat a lot of chicken nuggets. Maybe that's your, if that's your main dish, great. Make God your chicken nugget. You can be like that, all right? Get them get first and foremost. But uh, whatever it is, got to have God first. We don't want to be falling away. Um, we do not want him to be our leftover. If you would uh, stand.
told you it'd be kind of short. We're going we're gonna to have a, a time here. Something else that we don't do a lot of on Sunday mornings, and I've never figured this out either, is open up an altar and have prayer. It almost seems like if it's not a night service, you're not going to the altar. You're not having prayer. Um, you know, a lot of times when our altar was filled up, it was young people who moved out and done it. You know, some, some of our young people have tailed off there in colleges and around. So we don't see that as much anymore. And I don't know if it's keeping our, us old people. Well, I'm in that class now, I guess. But us old people from moving out. But it's all right to come to an altar on Sunday morning. It's all right if God calls you during a, a, a worship time to step out. Right? We're supposed to be here pursuing him first. So if, if, if God is not first in your life, even if he is, and, and uh, you just want to make sure that he's out uh, even further, then uh, come to an altar if you want, or pray, or pray where you're at. But let's just take a moment. Let's just pray that uh, pray for yourselves. Again, that's one of the hardest things to do in your relationship with God. Let's just make sure that He's first in in our lives. Let's do that this morning. God, we come to you, Lord. Just praying right now, God. Thanking you, Lord, for your words, God, and for you.
You know, that thought of uh, people leaving church in the last couple of years, I know that's kind of harsh, kind of a negative thought. It's my understanding that most churches worldwide, not even just in our country, it's a third to a half have left um, and are not attending anymore. And that thought of leftovers. Just not having God first. How easy it is to walk away. All it did was taking closing churches, some just a few weeks, some a long time, but even the ones that were just a few weeks, people just fell away. Have you ever left the house and been like, boy, I know I'm forgetting something. Wherever you're going, just like, I know I forgot something. And you think all the way and you can't think of it. And then eventually it hits you and you did forget something. I think we can get to that place in our lives where we're that way with God. Hmm, I've left God out today. Oh, I didn't start my day with God. Oh, I'm getting halfway through the day. Something's missing. Oh, it's God. I've got to make that time for God. God needs to be first. So important. So we don't fall away. If you would stand. We're going to be dismissed. Um, so as you go forward throughout this week, month, half a year, whenever it is, when you see them leftovers in the fridge from this holiday, hopefully you'll have that thought of the leftovers and God, making sure God's first. Uh, before we close, I feel like we need to pray for For Steve's brother. If you don't know, he's in the hospital, really sick. It's great to see Steve here. I didn't know if we'd see him today. But his name's Brian. We're going to have prayer here for him. He needs a healing from God. He needs God in his life. So let's pray for those two things for him right now. We just come praying this morning, God, that you know Brian, God, you know right where he's at, Lord. I pray that you're with him at this time, God. I pray first and foremost for his soul, Lord God, that he would come to know you, God, to see you as his Lord and Savior, God, that through ever, whatever means, God, that that takes place, Lord, I just pray that there's opportunities there, God, for for him to uh, be witness to God, to uh, give his heart and life to you. God, I just pray also for a healing touch. God, if it be your will, I pray that you would work a miracle in him right now. And God, strengthen him. Lord, the, the physicians and the medicines, whatever's taking place, Lord God, I just pray that you, if it's your will, God, you work through it, Lord, that you be with the family around him, God, bring them peace, strength, comfort, God, at this time, Lord. I just pray that you are in the entire situation, Lord, and that your will can be done. I would just trust you, and, uh, trust your, your working, God, and your knowledge, Lord, in the whole situation. We give it to you, Lord. Blessed God, we thank you. Amen. Amen. Is there anyone else who has a prayer request? We didn't take prayer requests. If somebody else has a need, we'll pray this morning before we go. Yes. Okay. Okay.
Okay. Okay. All right. Let's remember. All right. Let's remember Sarah's parents. Another one? Yes. Okay. Remember Jonathan having surgery tomorrow. Is there another? Remember that. Okay. Dad had COVID and also remember, I just had surgery this morning. Okay. All right. Remember them. All right. Okay. Lost loved ones. Is there another one? There's this guy named Chris Zamora. His name is Chris. Okay. All right. Let's remember him in the hospital. All right. Lots of requests. Let's all pray. God, we come to you, Lord, at this time, God, knowing that you know each and every one of these needs, God, each individual personally, Lord. You know them, God. I pray that you're with Sarah's parents, God, and uh, the exposure, Lord. We know that you can be with them. You can strengthen them, God, during this time. Help them. Um, um, to be healthy, God, that you would watch over them in health, God. And uh, so body, mind, spirit, Lord, be with them as they're kind of separated during this time. Bring peace to them, God, a joy in their hearts. I just pray that you're with them, protecting them and ministering to them, Lord, God, at this time. That you can be with uh, Jonathan and his surgery, God, tomorrow. Lord, we just pray that you would direct the physicians, Lord, as, as uh, they go about their work, God. I pray that you would... Just uh, be with them and uh, giving them provision, Lord, and, and seeing over the situation, God. And God, we're praying for uh, Chris and his situation in the hospital, Lord. We're praying that you would uh, provide a healing touch there to him, God, at this time. And be with him, Lord. We pray that he knows you, God, his relationship with you. Uh, we pray uh, for uh, Isaac, God, and, and uh, surgery he'll have this week, God, that you would be with uh, that situation, God. Help him to recover, God, and to uh, reduce the pain, Lord, as much as you can, God, and that uh, everything would go well there, Lord. And uh, for all the unsaved loved ones, we pray that you were uh, with them where they are, God, and that um, different things in their lives, God, will take place and that they will uh, come to know you, God. Use those around them to be witnesses, God, and to be the lights, Lord, that uh, point them towards you, God. We we thank you, Lord, and thank you for this morning in your name. Amen. Amen.